Today, we're finishing up the series on prayer, and would you stand with me, and let's read a verse of Scripture. Wait for it. Pray continually. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the grace and power that are in your word. I thank you for the truth and the life that are in your word. And Lord, I pray that your word would become life to us today. I pray, Father, that it would not just be something that is, a, that is a Sunday morning event, but that it would become life to us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. That's the third shortest verse in the Bible. And before the day's over, we're going to read the second shortest verse as well. Uh, we won't be reading Jesus wept today, but he did, and that's the first shortest verse. Uh, pray continually. What does that mean? What does that mean? Now, it, 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 it does not, it obviously doesn't mean, you know, go around on your knees all day long and stuff like that. In fact, Jesus said, don't pray in such a way that everybody can look at you and go, oh, they're praying. They must be holy. Yeah, so that's not necessarily what it means. It also doesn't mean to structure your speech as you go through the day, always in the um, couching it in prayer terms and things like that. When I was uh, back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, there was a young man that I was acquainted with at, um, at Cornelia Bookstore up in, up in Nashville. I know Wayne and Gene knew him, knows him, uh, and maybe some of the other older people around here would remember him as well. But his name was Howard, and Howard got this eye. See, back at, Howard was a Jesus freak, and this, I'm not talking... DC talk Jesus freak. I mean real Jesus freak. These were people who had been hippies and they gave up the, the uh, sex and drugs lifestyle for real life. And, uh, and, and Howard, and, and in those days we didn't have, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have a, a bunch of different things that people have today. In fact, I remember the first Walkman I saw. And that, for those of you who don't know, uh, isn't a man walking? A Walkman was a was a was a was a little compact thing, smaller than a bread box, that you uh, could put a tape in, which is cassette tape. Yeah, put it in your ears, and it didn't sound like a transistor radio. It sounded like you were actually there. And uh, so we didn't have you know um, blogs, and we and all of the Christian books were written by old guys. So, I mean, we were desperate. We just read the Bible. And, uh, and we read it a lot. And Howard read the Bible, and he decided that everything that he said needed to be Scripture from then on. And that got weird. <laughs> it got weird. I mean, you know, uh, you, you tell him, uh, we just had a son, Howard. Oh, that's wonderful. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a real blessing. The sons that a man has in his youth are like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Brother, when you stand in the gate, you will not be defeated by your enemies. And I go, well, I got a good wife. Well, let me tell you, a good wife is something. You know, and, it was, and, and he stepped over the line. It didn't, it didn't serve him well. Good man, but it didn't serve him well. Same thing, uh, you know, this, this doesn't mean that everything that you say to pray continually has to be start with our Father and, and then go on from there. Three observations that I would like to make about what praying continually means 
that hopefully will impact our lives. First of all, I think it impacts the concept of, God, where are you? Have you ever had a time in your life where, you've, where you have felt like, where, where's God? You know, why, why isn't he with me at this point in time? I, uh, the most fundamental thing about prayer is what? Who am I talking with? And we're talking with our Father, and it's a conversation. It's, it, it is, in fact, I would say it is the conversation, should be the conversation of our lives. We tend to treat prayer like a monologue. It starts when I start talking, and when I quit talking, it's over. But that's not what it is. Prayer, prayer is a is is a two way street, and have you ever have you ever had a conversation or what they consider to be a conversation with someone who wouldn't stop talking, and you couldn't get a word in anywhere, you know? Or is anybody nudging someone next to them at this point in time? I mean, you know. Sometimes you, you, you have a conversation with somebody, and man, they just, they're talking a blue streak, and you've asked them a question about something, and they start telling you about something else, and then they've got to give you the background of that, and then there's a background story to that, and by the time they get through all the background, you're not talking about the same thing anymore, and you're just, you're just all you are is an observer. Don't you just love talking to people who, like that? No, you don't. You lie. <laughs> No you, you, no, you don't, because you, you want to have you want to have some give and take. How do you think God feels? Whenever our prayers are just us talking, and not us listening for what He has to say, and the real irony comes. The real irony comes when we're asking God for direction, or guidance, or an answer. God, I need guidance in this thing. I need an, need an answer. Amen. And then we don't wait for an answer. We don't listen for an answer. You know, I, God, I need you to, to, to give me direction about what to do here. Amen. Now I'm going to go Google it. Now, now I'm going to go see what somebody else has to say about it. That's not how it's supposed to work. You know, God... And, and really, it's not just a matter of listening to the answer. There's this thing called obedience on the other side of it. God, help me with my finances. God, please. Yes, my son, I will help you with your finances. Begin to tithe. I will teach you obedience and faith. But God, I need help with my finances. Yes. You see, my son, if I give you a fish, you will eat for one day. But if I teach you to fish, you will be able to eat forever. God, I want the fish right now. I don't want to learn how to do something. And then we wonder, you know, why doesn't God ever speak to me? Why doesn't God ever, ever, ever say anything to me? God, use me. Back when I was, a, when I was younger, there was a song that, that got sang, we sang quite often in, uh, in the services. I haven't heard it in a long time, but it went something like this. It went exactly like this. <laughs> I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord. 
or mountains or plains or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. And that song was a prayer. Oh God, send me, use me, but not in the nursery. God, you know I would do that, but you know I'm not available on Tuesday nights. I got that, that thing. God, you know Saturday morning is the only time I have to sleep in. I mean, Sunday, I get up to be at church by 11. You know, I, I, Saturday's my only shot to be able to sleep late. So I can't really do that, God. And so we, we ask these things, God speaks to us, and and... Two things about people who are aware of the ongoing conversation that prayer is supposed to be in our lives. First of all, those people are aware, more than than usual, aware of God's presence. Wherever they are, whatever's going, it has nothing to do with the circumstances. Because you know what? This is, who I have, this is who I have an ongoing conversation with throughout the day. I know he's there. I know he's there. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him, and he's, and he's talking back to me. This is what's going on in, in, in our lives. Those times whenever we feel like, God, where are you? They're not usually the times when, that are hard. I mean, hard times are times often when we really feel God's presence, really know He's there. The times when we, when we don't, when we're, we're going, where are you, God, are times almost always that follow an extended period of prayerlessness, an extended period of not talking to God. And those people who are aware of that ongoing conversation are also the ones who are, the most sensitive to his voice. God doesn't like to yell. He doesn't like to have to yell. And we don't like for him to yell. C.S. Lewis says, pain is God's megaphone. It's what he uses to get our attention. And so we don't like for him to have to yell. And he doesn't like to unless he has to, to get our attention. You learn a person's voice by listening to it over, over a period of time. When we started this series, I said that following this series, we'd do a series on how to hear God's voice. Uh, and we're going to. Uh, it's just not going to happen in July. We've got another place we need to go in July. But come August, we'll start that series. Uh, but let me just tell you this. There is no book that will tell you how to hear God's voice, that, can, that you can, oh, I follow these instructions, and bam, I'll hear God's voice. Now, there is a book that is his voice, and, you know, we can read that and learn what his voice sounds like, get, get a sense from that, but there is, there is no book, there, there is no, there's no pill you can take that will all of a sudden make you able to hear God's voice. There's no conference you can go to that will all of a sudden make you hear God's voice. There's no substitute for time. Hearing God's voice is a process that starts and develops over, over time. It, you, you can't get there 
in 10 days. There is no 30-day plan. It's a lifetime plan. And the further you go with it, the more sensitive you become. You, you learn what his voice feels like, what it sounds like, what it feels like, the, the, the sense that it brings into your life. You learn how to recognize his peace. You learn how to recognize his direction. Second observation about praying without ceasing. When I was, uh, when, when I was well, let me, let me read the, the scripture verse first. Uh, Psalm 34 one says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. When I was a child, I remember very well walking through the house and, and I'd, my mom would be washing dishes or folding clothes or you know, doing something, baking cookies, and walking through the house, and I just hear, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And, and sometimes I, my dad would be, I don't know, doing whatever dads do, and I'd be walking through the house, and I'd hear, glory, glory. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Now, they weren't doing that to impress anybody. There was nobody there to impress. I mean, there was just me, you know. And they didn't, they didn't necessarily know I was listening. They knew someone was listening. They knew someone was listening. And it was just, it, it was just, it was what came out of them. It, it's, it, it, was what, it was what was there. They were entering his gates and coming into his courts. Psalm, Psalm 100 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving into your heart. Come into his courts with praise. And that was, that was what they did. Now, the verse that we read, pray continually, has a verse after it. And the verse that's after it is this one. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And the verse before it is the second shortest verse in the Bible. Rejoice always. And I don't think that there's a that it's a coincidence or a, or it's an accident that the Holy Spirit put this together in such a way that pray continually is sandwiched between rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances. That's part of prayer. That 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 is part of prayer. You know, sometimes I, I, sometimes one of the reasons why people don't pray is you run out of stuff to pray. Well, I've asked him for everything. I don't know what to say to him now. You know, how about, thank you, Jesus. How about glory? Glory to God, yeah. I mean, and you know what? You may, the first couple of times, you may go, ooh, that felt so weird. But after a few times, it feels so natural. It just feels so right. It's, it's, it's what's coming out. At the, um, at the gate on Tuesday mornings, We've been doing a Bible survey, and this, uh, uh, this last week we, were, we did First Thessalonians. And we were talking about this, and I'm going, do you know how almost impossible it is for the enemy to get a foothold, a grip, a toehold, a fingernail hold on a, on a Christian who does this? It's a good thing for him that not many of them do. Or his job would be real hard. 
But I'm serious. When, when you do this, it is, such a, it is such a guard. It is such a protection for your life. There is a, it's one thing that every pastor hears. I mean, it's, it, it should be in a handbook that they give you when you first go into the ministry or something. But every pastor, as long as he stays with it long enough, at some point in time is going to hear, Pastor, I'm just not being fed. And when I was younger, I, I, that kind of that would bother me. I'd kind of go, man, why, why am I not feeding these people? You know, what, what, am, what am I doing? And then I, then I got older. Boy, that was a surprise. I got, I got older and began to think back on my years with my, my dad and, and the other pastors that I've known real well and the situations. And I began to realize, you know, what I bring is about 10% of whether or not you get fed. The other 90% is what you bring. The other 90% is the attitude that you bring. And when you bring this attitude, I mean, if, if if you've got a bunch of Christians who are rejoicing always, and a bunch of Christians who are giving thanks in all circumstances, regardless of what the circumstances are, and then they come together, and you get up to speak, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, seriously. You can just, you can just get up and go, you know, folks, the Lord is good. Yeah, amen, brother. He sure is. That wake anybody up? Yeah, and Jesus died on the cross for you. Oh, man, that is such good preaching. Preach it, brother. I mean, that's it. Seriously. It's, it's, this, is, this is pray continually. And I was, I was well, never mind. Let me, let me move on to the last point here. And the last point is this. In Luke chapter 18, it starts off verse 1. It says that Jesus told a parable to his disciples to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And you know the parable. It's a parable of the... Uh, of the widow who came to the unjust judge and and the judge wouldn't give her justice but because she just wore him out he finally gave her justice there's been some seriously bad teaching that has worked its way into the body of Christ it's not as pervasive now i think as it once was but uh, there's been teaching that you know when you pray you pray with faith and if you really prayed with faith, then you don't ever ask again. You just get up and go off and stand on your faith. That's messed up. That's messed up. It's not what the Bible says. You keep, you keep coming. You keep pressing. Uh, Chris, Chris Mincy is the example that I use here real often. And I'm going to use another one here in a minute. But for those of you who don't know, I mean, Chris... Uh, is Down syndrome, and when I first came here, he was 11, and he wasn't supposed to get out of his teens. He's been in serious situations in the hospital multiple times, and not supposed to get out of those, and yet he's pushing 40. You're getting old, Chris. <laughs> and he's down here almost every week. You know, pray for my foot, pray for my uh, my neck, pray for pray for my my liver, you know, whatever it happens to be that week. 
And I believe that the reason why he's pushing 40 is because he's down here almost every week. Let me, let, me, let me do one other thing here. About, there was a, a situation in our family uh, that went on for years and uh, started over a decade ago. Went on for years. And it wasn't terrible. I mean, it wasn't something that you know, people will go, oh my goodness. You know, I mean, it was, it was just a situation, and it just wasn't right. Just, but, because it wasn't terrible, because it was something that we could just, we could live with, we did. Things come along in your life, and you, find, you know, and you, and you maybe go, well, you know, I... Man, I, I wish I wish that toe didn't hurt, but but I, I'm just going to soldier on, you know, or whatever. You know, I I can I can deal with this, and you do, and it slips off the prayer list. In fact, it just kind of goes off the radar because it's just part of your life right now. That's how your life is. It's what you do. And about two and a half years ago, the Lord got his megaphone out and started aggravating that situation. And uh, to the point that I finally listened when he said, when's the last time you prayed about this? And I went, I don't know. I don't know when the last time I prayed about this was. It's been so long ago, I just learned to live with it. Would you like to pray about it now? Yeah, I guess I will. So I started praying about it again. Uh, And within three months, he took something that I thought was chronic and was never going to go away, and he turned it around and he made it into something good. When we were praying, when the staff was together and praying before the service today, uh, one word that just kept coming up in everybody's prayer was hope. It was hope. And at the time I was going, ooh, <laughs> I think I know what that's about. Because I'm sure there are people here that have things in their lives that you not only have given up hope about, you don't, you, you, you even forgot it was a problem. But it is. And it's a chronic problem. It could be a relationship. It could be something physical. It could be a sin issue. It could be any, any type of thing that you just basically have just kind of gone, well, you know, I'll, I'll soldier on, and one of these days, God will take me to heaven. And then I'll be out of it. Uh, before God has to get his megaphone out, maybe this morning listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. He says, put that thing back on that list. Don't give up. Keep pressing in. Pray continually. Pray continually can also mean don't give up. 
Because God wants to do some really good things. Some things that you just that really are impossible. I'm not talking about moving this mountain over there so everybody go, woo, but something in your life that you thought that ain't ever gonna change. And yeah, it is. Because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you today. Would you stand with me? Would those who are going to pray with people come forward this morning? And, you know, you may have brought a need or you may have had a need exposed <laughs> during the day. But uh, if, you, if you have a need, come. God, God's here. He wants to do something for you. And those who um, you don't need to come, worship with us. Uh, let's break this barrier between the two. Let's all create an atmosphere for those who need something from God.